0: Tradeswork, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast, starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVia. Welcome back to Tradeswork. I'm your host, Dave DeVia, here with Tom Tyner, President and CEO of Bell Plumbing and Heating. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So for our listeners, Bell Plumbing and Heating probably is something that they see in their neighborhoods, and it's a longstanding company and a big supporter of things here at Rocky Mountain MCA, so we thank you for that. But talk to us a little bit about your company's specialties. What what does Bell Plumbing and Heating do? You know, you're right, Dave. We've been in this community for 97 years
1: now, and uh, I think that makes us the... The longest running home service provider in Denver I certainly haven't checked everywhere but it's uh, a brand that we certainly hope is is recognized and mm-hmm. we we try to provide services to our consumers in the areas of uh, residential and commercial plumbing uh, heating cooling electrical uh, and also uh, we provide drain cleaning and uh, remodeling so we're doing kitchen bath and
0: and now whole home remodeling hmm yeah, that whole home remodeling has probably become a bigger part of your book of business. It was uh, an enormous boom
1: during the pandemic. I think most people reading the news saw that you know, you're know you stuck in your home, you're tired of looking at that powder room that's out of date, and it's, mm-hmm. it was just time. So for those that didn't DIY, uh, we certainly received uh, many, many phone calls, ran a lot of projects, and it seems like that boom has sort of slowed down with some of the economic drivers that have happened recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Well, um, I know from uh, experience, one of the very first people who hired me uh, sat on the interview committee was Larry Bell. And Mm -hmm. so you guys have, again, been great, great supporters of the things that we do here. So talk to us a little bit about your professional journey and how you got here. Sure.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Larry Bell. I mean, Bell went through four generations of family ownership and we're still trying to run the business very much in a, you know, family values based approach mm-hmm. and way. And that's honestly to, to answer your question. One of the reasons, um, that I decided to take a step away from an AI tech startup I was running and mm-hmm. move into this organization. Uh, because the values align very much with who I am as a person. So for me, um, I moved to Denver back in 2011, uh, actually to run a, uh, an energy efficiency startup. It was effectively a super energy efficient air conditioning company. Okay. And, uh, that was really my first experience on the HVAC side of the world. Um, had just an amazing experience, you know, over about a six year time period. You know, repositioned the company, you know, learned everything I needed to about the residential side, the commercial side, a different bunch of different applications. And we ultimately sold that business to Sealy International, which is, you know, the largest HVAC provider in, in Australia. I joke around with them that that's a little bit like being the tallest short person, but uh, I just kid. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I learned a lot through that experience and, and, you know, leaving um, leaving Colorado, that that sort of startup experience and, and sort of growing that business, uh, I, I moved to two different startups: one in the marketing tech side of the world, and another on in artificial intelligence, which is about five years maybe ahead of its mm. uh, of its time. But I received a phone call from a recruiter, um, effectively looking for a leader uh, within the the Bell organization um, to to really reestablish uh, you know, the, the great service and, um, just sort of values based approach that this business has had for, you know, 90 some years. And so, uh, thought about it for a while and decided that really the opportunity to become an owner, um, and to, uh, to work at an organization that aligned with my values was something that was really, really appealing Hmm. and, uh, made the leap back, um, the very end of kind of the pandemic, uh, in 21. And, uh, just after about three years, it's been just an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. Well, I've run into you a couple of times and know how hard you work. Uh, and uh, I think the folks there are very fortunate to have you. And so I've grown to appreciate the fact that, you know, you're very committed to the business and very involved in making sure that you understand uh, all aspects of the business. And, and I think that sets you apart from maybe some of your competitors in your space. One thing that I noticed when you and I first started uh, chatting together is that we both worked in banking and Mm. we both worked for the same bank a number of years ago at at different times. What made the leap from financial services into, you know, kind of the tech startup space?
1: You know, for me, uh, financial services is such a, a key component. I mean, it's such a foundational element that we all live with every single day, right? It's it's, uh, an, an incredible enabler. And, you know, for me, what, what gets me excited is not just serving customers, but also job creation. You know, I think that the economic growth of this country is really driven off of small businesses mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, financial services and the, uh, the means, uh, financial services really are just the means to uh, achieve an end result. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I looked at what startups were doing in terms of the creation, the impact on the economy, uh, the ability to uh, you know, rapidly grow, um, that was all appealing. And I, I sort of used, I think, my experience in the financial services world to help startups gain funding um, and, like I do today uh, within Bell, make sure that customers who have problems they're trying to solve – And maybe in a tough spot, especially with the economic conditions that have happened, really make sure that, you know, we can provide options for them. And I think that's been a really nice tie in in a way that, you know, I'm able to leverage the knowledge of the financial services industry in my background, you know, to help our customers today.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I both made that transition probably at the right times for sure. So let's talk workforce is one of the major challenges that we face uh, as an industry. We have about a 50,000 person deficit or we need 50,000 more Mm -hmm. uh, by 2030. Uh, Talk to us about some of the challenges that you're facing at Bell and how you recruit and retain quality workforce.
1: Well, I 100% agree with the premise. Uh, There is definitely a shortfall, and we see this day in and day out. Um, Finding highly qualified service technicians, Is a challenge, not just, you know, for, uh, for Bell, but for the industry. As I talk with our, uh, competitors, you know, we're obviously, you know, friendly with the industry and, uh, everybody's struggling with it. There's, Mm -hmm. there's no question. And I think that, you know, I would say that, you know, ultimately the the biggest concern I have is that customers suffer. Hours get limited. Um, the, you know, they end up having to schedule appointments out maybe further than they would Mm -hmm. instead of being able to get that immediate service. And, um, you know, often I think customers are sort of unwilling um or, you know, unwilling to sort of wait that amount of time. But at the same time, I'm unwilling to put an untrained, unqualified technician into their home. And that's why, you know, I think some of the amazing work that's being done by the, you know, Western States uh, College of Construction, partnership with our, uh, you know, labor, uh, union, um, has been just incredible in terms of helping us find highly qualified workers. The, the benefits that we're able to provide is one of the reasons why we're able to attract mm-hmm. others into the industry as well as attract, uh, you know, some from, you know, our competitors where maybe their values don't align well with their competitive, with our
0: competitors' business practices yeah and most of those companies don't have the 97 year track record uh that bell Correct. does which also i'm sure helps it is helpful but i think
1: at the end of the day as a society you know my i want to get i'd love to see us invest in the trades uh in a similar way that we sort of think about college and we need to get to the point where we're assisting and celebrating a young adult's decision to enter the trade just as much as we celebrate and um, are excited about that college admission, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a. Other countries seem to be maybe a little bit ahead of the U.S. in that regard, yeah. um, even in tracking educational opportunities earlier that way. So we need to see that shift, and I think any way that you know Bell can help um, move earlier upstream into the education process and help provide that that insight, help individuals and students learn that, geez, you could come out. Uh, enter the trade and actually make more money than if you went to college and
0: entered certain fields. Well, we'll take you up on that. We have a – and our partnership with Junior Achievement is our ability to reach students at a much younger age, and their network is amazing. And uh, so we'll get you connected with the folks over at Junior Achievement. That would be a a great way because we don't currently have a residential remodeling plumbing and heating company um, working with students to show them what's possible for sure. That sounds great. We're looking for any opportunity. Okay. I know uh, our listeners really understand residential projects and what we do, but talk to us a little bit about what Bell does from a community building perspective. And, you know, talk about um, how you encourage good quality service. We definitely are, uh, I think slightly different than
1: some of our competitors that are primarily commission focused. So one of the, as I talk about being a, you know, sort of family values driven business, we avoid trying to maximize the amount of revenue earned on a particular sales visit. That's just not in our DNA at all. We actually use a very specific. Approach with our homeowners. And internally, we talk about this as the four futures. Mm-hmm. And what the four futures means, we educate our technicians to sit down with a homeowner, diagnose whatever the problem is, really understand how that's impacting their family, and try to understand and paint a picture for what a future could look like for them. We can't change the past, right? If their air conditioner is broken, if they've you know, had an issue with hard water in their home, we can't change that past. What we can do is help educate them on potential options, help them understand what some root, some of the root causes could be. Mm-hmm. And then we try to lay out, here's a Band-Aid, if that's what you would like to do, or what you can afford, or what makes the most sense for your family. Let's say it's a second home. Let's say that they're, you know, in the process of selling. Others, you know, maybe in a situation where they say, yeah, I could Band-Aid it, but I'd actually rather replace this because, I just bought a home in Phoenix and I'm going to be commuting between Denver and mm-hmm. Phoenix and I don't really want uh, to have to worry about this in the middle of the winter. So if you could go ahead and take care of that. And, and we really try to educate our technicians to make sure that the focus is on the desire and the demand and the interest for that specific customer. And we're not, we're, we're in the business of building enduring relationships. When you think about it in today's day and age, most or many people have financial advisors, spiritual advisors, you know, they have a coach at the gym, you know, there's all these sort of ways that we get help in life yet for most consumers, their, their most valuable asset, their home, they don't really have an advisor. Mm. There's not a single person that they can trust, rely on to give them great advice and help them solve all of these problems. And for at least the most critical uh, components of, you know, the mechanicals, the plumbing, uh, you know, if you're trying to do a major remodel, et cetera, we really want to build confidence and trust with our customer base and build an enduring relationship to the point where, you know, they look at Bell as that first call on that advisor.
0: It is definitely a different approach, and I'm going to say this and not you, but it feels like some of the competitors in the market are probably Mm -hmm. transactional-based versus relationship-based, and that's probably – what has helped you guys get to ninety-seven years and going? So um, we've talked a little bit about customer service. Um, we've talked a little bit about your company history. So if you were talking, you know, to somebody in the media or thought leaders in the community about upgrading water heaters or HVAC systems or whatnot to become greener and to be less uh, less energy consumptive, what challenges do you foresee? being an issue for your customers? Well, we definitely see strong energy
1: efficiency interest from our
0: customers. And,
1: you know, as I mentioned, our goal is to be an advisor. So uh, we do believe that there is an interest and a pull we're seeing from the market. Uh, we also see that there is, you know, continued requirements from cities and, you know, other regulatory bodies that are uh, certainly pushing certain technologies. And, you know, we want to just be advisors. So, In certain cases, there are, uh, there's a regulatory push for a certain approach or a certain technology. In every case, it doesn't always work for the customer. There are times in Colorado, for example, with, uh, you know, heat pumps in particular where there are incentives and it can be attractive, especially for a consumer who's incredibly interested in, uh, being impactful. Um, but it's not necessarily always energy saving or I should say cost savings for them Mm -hmm. to deploy that technology. Now, the advancements that we're seeing in some of the technology that uh, we're uh, already previewing that's coming to the market is going to make this a much more attractive offering where it could both save money and you know, comply with some of the, the new regs and rules and uh, the interest of, of others in the industry. And, and we want to be that advisor. We want to help take the information that we know. We want to be ahead of the curve, understanding and learning, and then working with our customers Ultimately, to help them achieve whatever their objectives are, if that's energy efficiency, mm. if it's, you know, cool, I want to have an impact on the world and and uh, uh, the climate, great, we are happy to provide and help. Um, but we also want to make sure that people understand the early adopter switching costs and some of the pains that go along with that. Yeah. Um that's that's a reality of this industry. And you know, when mini splits first came into the uh into the US, there were some technological challenges. And I think while it was a, a great concept and idea, some of those things needed to get worked out. And I think it's it's too bad when consumers purchase something with the idea of a marketing promise or what's you know, sort of the best case result mm-hmm. without that full understanding. And at Bell, we really try to educate consumers so they're operating with all of the information and can make the best decision for them and their family.
0: I think what happens in your space kind of starts to bleed over onto the commercial side. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely kind of out on front in that regard. So I'm sure you guys touch, I don't even know how many customers a year would you say you guys touch
1: well, you know, I would say that um, in general, we have an ongoing relationship with at least 30,000 people a year. I, I may be sort of, yeah, that
0: that actually may be a conservative number, but let's use that as a conservative number for now. So talk to me in the last, so that'd be 60,000 working on 90,000 in your era. What's been the most challenging project you've seen or the biggest customer issue you've had to face as a company? You know, I think that for us, it's interesting, we
1: don't, as a resident, primarily residential provider, we don't necessarily have these sort of like large commercial projects that are particularly technically challenging, or there's some kind of issue. I think for us, um, you know, we really try to focus and make sure that uh, the customer that's in front of our technician is the most important customer, you know, we're not sort of Helping our our technicians understand their whole schedule and it's like, geez, I've got a water heater to do at four o'clock today that I'm replacing. So I'm going to kind of hurry through my first two calls. Our technicians don't actually know what that next call is. And so their challenge is kind of continuing to pace themselves so that if, you know, they show up to your house, Dave, they're going to solve and work with you to get that problem all the way solved. I mean, we've probably all been to that. Uh, you know, annual checkup at the doctor and you feel like you're in, you're out and you're like, wow, that was the fastest five minutes of my life or whatever. Right. right. And there's a big difference between that visit and a visit where that provider is taking time to understand everything going on, working with you with some of those challenges. And you almost feel like they, they're not in a hurry to get to that next appointment. And that's really what we strive for. And I think that that challenge, while we're trying to serve, you know, the the demand in the community, but also staying really focused and making sure that customers never become a number. They're always a name. We don't refer to customers in any other way but their name, right? And it's, hey, we're working at Dave's house. We personalize it as much as we can because for us, um, well, we've got a, uh, we're trying to solve for a number of jobs on the board for the consumer. We may be the only home service provider in their home that, that day, that month, that week, right? Mm-hmm. That year. And we want that visit to, to have it feel like we really do have their best interest in mind. And so our challenge, I think, is making sure that we don't sort of get caught up in the, well, what's the budget or what's, where, where do we need to head? What do we need to achieve? But instead really just
0: stay focused on what the customer need is. So let's talk about futures. So if you had a chance to tell a young person the best part of your job and working for this industry, what would that be? I think it's really easy. I think it really comes
1: from the satisfaction level that you receive from assisting consumers in their home. You know, when you sit down with a military vet who's a senior and is on a fixed income and, you know, they're trying, they've They've enjoyed, and you hear the personal stories of, geez, I've lived in this house for 60 years. I raised my kids here. You know, um, I'm now uh widowed, and I've just got so many great memories, and I want to stay here until – you know, I can't anymore. I want to be here as long as I can be, and I've got this issue, and I'm trying to figure out a way to resolve it. When you find a way to solve that problem for them, and let's say it's you know ten degrees snowing and cold and they don't their furnace isn't operational, and you get that up and running and you can just see and feel the gratitude uh, that they have that's really i I think what one of the things that our technicians and really the entire team rally around and really get a lot of satisfaction from. When I'm having a hard day, because, you know, no matter what job you're in, you're going to have some days that are tougher. And whenever I'm having a hard day, um, I actually go to our internal communication tool. Uh, We happen to use uh, Microsoft Teams, Mm -hmm. as many do. And we actually have a channel where all of the incoming positive reviews and all the feedback that we receive from customers goes into that channel. And um, if I'm having a hard day, I'll just read through it and just read the stories of you know, geez, we helped this individual. You know, single mom had kids, needed to get them to school. Our technician was willing to show up there, use the garage code, get that issue resolved, and move on. And I think that that's a, you know, certainly a satisfying element for me. And I think that's certainly a big part of why the residential service industry is slightly different than what you would see with commercial. You mm-hmm. know, you're not sort of showing up doing the same thing. And while you get this building completion component, maybe you know years down the road or months down the road. You know, you're literally maybe getting two or three of those job-satisfying, uh, you know, bumps, like endorphin bumps, out mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, a, I think, a really neat part of uh, serving the residential services industry.
0: That's stuff that feeds the soul, for, for sure. sure. You know, there's a lot of myths uh, about what a plumber does, or mm-hmm. there's a perception. And some of that's made courtesy of cartoons, and some of that's because you just, you know, see something that's clogged up or not working right, right? Uh, Talk to us from your perspective about how how we un uh, how we change those myths or those perceptions.
1: Yeah, I think that there's sort of three three components here that are important to talk about. I think the first one is is compensation, right? I think that there's this perception that you know if you're in skilled trades that you may not be you know earning as much as as those that went to college. and it's just frankly not true. I mean, I think that in the skilled trades, If you really focus, provide great service and work, um, you know, you can really make a great living and um, have a great life. And it's, uh, you know, we work hard at Bell uh, to try to find a way that as the company succeeds because we service our customers, the technicians also have that chance to succeed. Everybody's trying to achieve something in their life, whether it's sending a kid to college, buying their first home, getting a new car, uh, you know, saving for the future, you know, sending money to parents, you name it. Um, And that's, that's a big component that the, you know, that the trades really offer, right? Yeah. You see those signs sometimes that are like, you know, dirty hands, clean money sort of thing. Right. And, and I think that, you know, well, there's components of that, that I don't necessarily love. I do think that putting in a, you know, an honest day's hard work where you get that satisfaction and is is great at the same time that you can be very well compensated. Yep. And that's great. So the second thing for me is, you know, this idea of like, well, geez, you're going to have to be on call and you're going to be doing like, you know, sort of like tough, messy things. And you're going to be getting called in, in the middle of the night. And um, you know, you're going to have this, like you're outside, you're cold, you're miserable, that type of thing. And, you know, honestly, in the residential services side most of the time, I mean, honestly, our team doesn't even really use our our corporate branded winter coats because they're literally walking from their van into someone's home, providing that service, helping them out, and then going back to their van. So they're sheltered uh, from the elements for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, and the summer is probably a little bit tougher when you're out working on HVC or changing out someone's electrical panel. Um, but, you know, we really go out of our way to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that everybody's comfortable. Um, We have all of our technicians out of, if there's a a need to be in an attic, they're out of that attic in the summer by, you know, 11, 12 o'clock as it starts to heat up, right? Yeah. Um, And not a lot of companies, you know, choose to do that. Um, We hired a gentleman from Vegas who, you know, they had to do three HVAC installs per day and they would be in attics uh, all day long. 130 degrees, you know, you name it in those attics. It's, it's tough. So, you know, we really, I think, want to just you know, kind of dispel this myth and just let everyone know that there are companies out there that um care about that kind of work life balance, that that sort of quality of job balance and that the trades doesn't necessarily need to mean that it's messy, difficult work. You know, and I think the final thing for me is safety. You know, we take safety incredibly seriously at Bell. Yeah. Uh, We, I'm personally on our safety committee, which is uh, effectively our entire executive team. We meet once a week. We look at all near misses. We go out of our way to make sure that um, every one of our technicians gets home safely to their family. It's actually the only value within our business that is more important than serving the customer. So we will exit a customer's home if it is an unsafe environment. Mm-hmm. We'll regroup. We'll figure out what we need to do to get that space to be in a more safe condition, and then we'll go back and try to provide that that help. And so, you know, I think between it's safer than maybe you think. It's not as you know grueling in terms of hours or you know as messy or challenging and you know hot or cold or whatever. And you know the compensation is really there. I mean, it's really a great way to earn, earn a living at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing I like about it is, at the beginning of the day, you start with a stack of to-dos, mm-hmm. and by the end of the day, that those are to done, and <laughs> you start the next day over again, and you don't have all the stuff that spills day after day after day. Yep. Um, and so that that's very alluring. I think I'm going to come over and apply, Tom. I'm so glad I I've I, convinced you. I don't ha- I don't have many skills, uh, so you have to train me up. But We're uh, happy to do so. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So maybe an unfair question. I don't know if you've listened to some of our podcasts, but the last question we always ask is Tom Tyner did not say I'm going to be the CEO and president of Bell Plumbing and Heating when you were younger. You, you had aspirations to be something different likely. What, what, what is that?
1: You know, when I was in late elementary school, if I was asked that question, I would always say I want to be a professional baseball player. Mm -hmm. love competing love sports love being active still active to this day uh i'm not playing you know any kind of pickup baseball or anything like that you know i'm uh, middle-aged now and not looking to you know tear an achilles right Mm -hmm. but you know honestly you know as i got um as i think back to it like really in early elementary school even um is as odd as it may sound like i was convincing friends babysitters neighbors etc uh, to come over and I would like set up a pretend office mm-hmm. and would literally like work as if I was in an office, which you know was <laughs> ironic. no idea why I did that, um but it was the reality of it, and you know, at the end of the day, I think I've always just enjoyed working with people, um and you know, I think I was sort of born to help teams achieve goals and results. um, I think that's one of the things that it appealed to me even with, uh, you know, my interest in baseball. Hmm. And, uh, it's, I just feel super fortunate that I get to wake up and, uh, work with such a talented group of individuals and, and learn from them every day. So, you know, been able to sort of live out, I guess, what maybe the undertone of, Hey, yeah. I want to be a pro baseball player was um and that's been uh, that's been super fun.
0: Well, it's uh, been fascinating spending a little bit of time with you. Thanks for coming into the studio today and and uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for having me. Folks, that ends our show today. Thank you for joining us. Please stay tuned for more industry insights, news and information about the women and men building our communities, building our skylines and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.